0: I ask this of almost everybody, actually. It's just, if we made all the right decisions now, what does the future actually look like? And, and how do we actually get there?
1: Yeah, so I've got a general idea of what I would say in, let's call it 2050, what the world might look like. And um, so I think to give an example, rather than people working in full-time jobs all the time, like as the majority thing, the majority thing, might be more like that people might spend one day a week farming, for example, in community agriculture, permaculture, food forests, that kind of thing, in smaller communities that are with a stronger community, you know, growing their own food and a stronger community kind of outlook. And then also...
0: Because uh, apparently there's a lot of work that you get a lot more sense of community if you grow food together not just growing it on your own and and it's much better for mental health charlie said that so so yes so growing food together i have a question of that but carry on
1: and and then there might be like one day a week working at the local factory as well that like virtually everyone does kind of thing which would be on Making the t-shirts. exactly on the cosmo local style um uh, community owned providing for the community kind of thing and then just more variety. So the with that local materials and global information system, which can work for agriculture and things as well. So for example, if we get into this kind of mode, then there'll be millions of people working to develop better permaculture processes and food forest processes and all of that. So we get it much better and it's already reasonably good. Um, and so this is the kind of norm. And I would think like communities, maybe like village size or so would be the norm. So there'll be quite a, a a different spread of uh, population demographic spread.
0: How do we transition to that? Uh, Just before we go on, because this is, I think this is pretty much universally accepted now that we need to have smaller groups, partly because we need to be within Dunbar's number and partly because we need to be feeding ourselves. And what interests me, and I don't know if you've thought about this, is we have megacities with millions of people in them and we have an amount of land and we have an amount of fossil fuel that we can possibly safely burn before we kick ourselves over the edge of of climate change beyond which there is no return. How are we going to logistically get from people living in cities where growing your own food is probably dicey to villages where you can grow your own food? Have you
1: thought about um, that? A little bit and I haven't solved the problem completely, surprisingly enough. <laughs> okay.
0: Because <laughs> we'd be doing it if you yeah. had. All right.
1: But um, I think if like, so if in the scenario, the hypothetical scenario of like, well, everyone gets it now and we came for it, then I think we could get to that kind of a world by 2050 by people getting involved in doing it. Right. I think one of the as a serious issue and something that I kind of missed out in my book is the land issue. So, you know, there are massive, like huge farms and massive landowners and spreading out the ownership of land is something that's quite hard, but there are ways of doing it, like community land trusts and um, various community ownership kind of things. But yeah, that that is quite a major issue. But I think in terms of realistically moving towards a better system, given where we are now, I think there is, there are ways of doing it. So if we look at the way in which people have been mobilizing recently, so since about 2018, there's been the school strikers and Extinction Rebellion and all of this. There's been a massive mobilization of millions of people who, but, who want decarbonization. But the main aim has been trying to persuade governments to make changes and big companies. right? Yep. And that's good for stopping them doing really bad things Up to a point. Up to a point, yeah, but that's what it's good for. It's not good for getting them to, there's no way they're going to do the positive things and actually do this kind of transition, right? But it shows there are millions of people who want to do these kind of things and now they're kind of realising that the asking governments to do it just isn't really working, right? So then the next, what I hope is the first immediate shift that will hopefully kind of, I mean, there are already signs of it happening and will hopefully accelerate rapidly is for the kind of climate action zeitgeist to move from protesting governments and trying to get them to do better to um, realising they're not going to, but we can do it ourselves and recognising and mobilising people throughout society to actually, um, I think of this in terms of spheres of influence, so understand how much influence they can have in different areas through their money, through their work, um, through talking to people, through setting up campaigns etc and then going for it and really pushing to actually decarbonize And i think that's very possible i'm planning on writing an essay about this kind of thing in the next few months and yeah i really hope that happens soon and at the same time so that's say over the next 5 years really get going properly and have an impact
0: and it's not just decarbonizing is it it's we need to it, it, we need that everything everywhere all at once because just decarbonizing isn't going to solve the breaking through other planetary boundaries issues. So we need people to get the systemic nature of it and then to have systemic responses, do we not?
1: Yes, we do. But there are various different stages, right? So that's the first stage that can blatantly happen immediately because there are already millions of people who are mobilised to try and decarbonize.
0: Okay, if everyone who turned up in London last weekend... Were to refocus. Yeah, exactly. If
1: they were all to refocus on just trying to get it done in their communities and in their workplaces and et cetera, then that would have a big effect. Okay, And at the same time, then the kind of Vanguard people, um, to be fair, a lot of Vanguard people were there in London last weekend, but you know what I mean, would be and are already building the new system, the structures of the new system, things like all the stuff that we've been talking about. Yeah. Um, and then... So what I think is actually going to happen, it would be good if that would then spread and we could have a reasonably calm transition. But I personally reckon that the 2030s are going to be a really tough, chaotic decade. And the reason why I calibrate it as being in the 2030s, I don't know when it's going to be exactly, but I base the timing on the Lake Powell and Lake Mead in the States which are um, the reservoirs behind the Hoover Dam and another dam in the same kind of area that provide millions of people with hydroelectricity and food via agriculture and water. Uh, so they're absolutely essential.
0: And they're going to run out, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they're going to run out. And by, depending on, so over two years up until last summer, the speed at which they were decreasing uh, on a linear basis would mean that all for, they've got a level for hydroelectricity and a level four providing water and there are each of them have different levels so there are four levels and at that speed that it was going down for a couple of years until last summer um all four levels would be gone by about 2030 right and over a 20-year period from about the year 2000 um it would all be gone by 2040 so sometime in the 2030s and obviously that's a massive simplification because there are levels before it and etc but that's saying that by sometime around then, there's likely to be hunger in the States. And I've experienced hunger in the Amazon, and I don't think that people are going to go to work if they can't feed their families, even if they work. So I think it's going to get messy um, in the 2030s. So what we need...
0: Unless, I don't think it's useful to give people, you know, where you put your ideas is where your energy goes. So I think, can we divert off that and onto actually what people can do? Yes, yes. Because I no, think we no, can paint our, paint our ways through the the dystopias quite well enough thank you
1: yeah yeah yeah. no that's i've i've finished talking about that already okay good well done what i was saying is in order to so what we need to do is transition as much as we can between now and then get everything in get going as much as we can and have the structures in place the new system in place on a small scale so that when everyone was like oh my gosh what do we do we can say
0: we can go here's the one we made earlier
1: exactly yeah and through the network organizations, the regenerative style organizations, because they're things that are, it's like saying, well, this is what you do. You just have to do it in your own community. They have the potential to scale very rapidly because as soon as people are like, okay, we need to do this, they can just do it themselves. So I think the 2030s will be a, a transition period where there's going to be disruption, but also if we have all these things in place, then it can be a process of spreading the new system that's already built in embryo in various places. Um, And then the 2040s, a kind of overall redesign and build kind of period, you know, like getting into the new system type thing. So I'm supposing that maybe by 2050, it'll be reasonably settled. Obviously, climate change will still be happening, but hopefully by then, because another part of it is a lot of rewilding, reforesting, more nature things,
0: yeah, regenerating everything. Yes,
1: regenerating, yes. regenerating nature, which will hopefully draw down carbon. So maybe by the twenty fifties, climate change will start to be getting less horrendous, at least. Um, so yeah, that's the kind of how I hope things might go.
0: Yes, I was reading about the, the long and short carbon cycles last night. I hadn't realised that CO two can have a duration in the atmosphere of up to three thousand years. So. So, yeah, we not only have to stop emitting it, we'd, really, we'd have to draw down quite a lot. But that's not impossible. So, thank you. All right, I get you. So, so again, for people listening, what we really need to do is get out there and get building the networks at, at all the levels of influence from your family to your community to your local food growing area to your local bank, if you can, to whatever you are involved in that makes money. However, you can use your influence and your money and your time and your energy to move them along the lines that you've suggested towards more regenerative things. Is that a fair summary of what you just said?
1: Yes, I think that is a fair summary. We need to get going. And it's a combination of doing immediate positive actions and understanding the systemic change that we can create and strategically aiming for that. Brilliant.
0: Okay, so you and I need to have a podcast in about 18 months' time and see how that's going.
1: Nice, I sincerely hope
0: by then the B Corps have taken on the the Future Guardian model and it's spreading across the world. That would be amazing. Because it seems to me the number – if you worked for a Future Guardian company, even if you had not been part of turning into a Future Guardian company, within the first week of them suddenly valuing you as a worker and asking you what do you need to make your life fulfilling – you you would be a convert. You would realise that this was a really good idea. And then that that spreads. If your work is shifting to that, then that begins to the ripple effects so of that are extraordinary, I would have thought.
1: Exactly, because loads of people want to do the kind of things that future guardians are able to do, so they'll just get straight into it.
0: Right. we better stop, Paddy. Thank you yet again. We'll see how we can stitch all this together and make the most inspiring podcast that we can. Thank you very much once again.
1: Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. And thanks for being such a good person and host. (laughs) You're welcome.